Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! T-Tech is done. T-Tech was a success. T-Tech will be back next year in the same place. Uh, this week I've got Kayla Stewart on once again. Someone I've been hoping to get on for quite some time. And I finally did. Here comes the music abruptly ending, even though there's a fade on it. Whatever. Uh, but I've got Kayla on, and it was really nice chatting with her uh, because I, uh, again, have tried to have her on. She, We'll talk about it. She's at Temple High School, and we talk about um, kind of her predecessor and how she followed her and all that kind of stuff. And uh, great conversation as my dogs bark in the background. They are agreeing. But uh, I do want to focus on the recap of T-Tech. That almost rhymes. Um, the recap the recap of T-Tech. There you go. It was a blast. It was, it was so much better than last year. And not that last year sucked. It's just as the programmer, as the one that decided on who was workshop or leading workshops and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, that I, I am a people pleaser. I want to make sure everyone is pleased and happy. Um, I know that might sound funny to some people that know me, but, uh, there were even some people I'm not going to out them, but, uh, that, that made sure that I knew this year that it has taken some time to uh, understand me, right, as a personality. And so it does take some time to understand me. You can ask anybody that is good friends with me or best friends or married to me or my child, my children. Uh, it takes some time to get to, to understand who I am. But I will tell you, one of the first things I am is a people pleaser. I want to make sure everybody's happy. Like I'm a host. I'm a party host. That's why I used to host a party for many years called the Minor Bash, and I only stopped doing it because I got married and had kids. Uh, otherwise, I'd still be doing it. But it's called the minor. It was called the minor bash. Huge deal. Huge party. Huge. Um, but I wanted to make sure. You know, last year we had quite a few workshop artists uh, have empty workshops. Nobody showed up. Quite a few. Um, and part of that was the programming was just too much. We had fifteen. We had literally had a hundred and fifty workshops offered. Uh, in a sh in a, practically a 48 hour time period. And um, when there aren't kids around, uh, teachers enjoy themselves at night and sometimes have a hard time waking up in the morning. So, you know, some of those morning sessions weren't attended. Plus being in Houston last year or Sugarland, if you will, uh, the, the locals didn't come back for the last day. So there was, it was just thin, right? <clears throat> so I was hoping that this year, it wouldn't be like that. And it, and it really wasn't. Um, we did have uh, a couple of workshops that didn't get uh, filled, but it was always the, the last of the person's uh, set of workshops. So they'd already done it two, three, four, in one case, five times. Um, so I was very happy with that. Also, we had Cameron Ware. If you're not familiar with Cameron Ware, I'm going to have to have him on soon. He is the um, projector extraordinaire uh, and just a phenomenal person. His wife was there with him uh, and had lots of great insight as well. Uh, but <clears throat> we had them on the Saturday and I am recording this Saturday evening. Normally I record this on a Friday night just to get it out of the way, but 
he is he's the founder the owner founder of whatever of lightwear labs and one of the nicest people his wife courtney one of the nicest people uh great 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 uh to see them and to finally like just see him at work outside of a theater like i've seen his work inside of a theater but it was fun to see him teach you know because that's what we do and so uh that was really really nice it was good to just have uh we had a group from people like us i highly recommend you look them up uh kirstie lewis uh they were great they led a few workshops one of one of the people that they had lisa smith was um was one of the presenters with them they had a group of of them uh three of them to present and lisa has down syndrome and talked a lot about how she goes about her her life as an actress and how she has been incorporated into shows and uh an inclusive environment and all this kind of stuff and it was just i don't know man i i was really really happy with it um uh with with how things turned out this year i had one complaint uh, me personally, and that was just the the eggs in the morning. Uh, breakfast burritos were quite runny. It was like they they made them in water and didn't drain the water or something. I don't know, man. But that was my one complaint. And you know, we're gonna make some adjustments. There were lots of you. You can never, you can't be complacent, right? You can't you can't just do everything the same the next year. That's not our style uh, with Texas Thespians. Never has been. Uh, has been. Uh, that's kind of other. Uh, festival styles and that works for those festivals but uh that's not texas thespians is always always looking to what's what can we make better what can we do a little different that people might like things like that and i think we uh did that this year and we'll only keep growing you got to remember that this was a young conference we had four three or four and then COVID happened and uh, really put a monkey wrench in things. And then we came back last year and it was, you know, still people trying to figure out if they really wanted to, to, or what this was and wanted to do it and all that kind of stuff. And, and then this year we built on that. And I think next year's just going to be awesome. I will tell you, if you're planning a season, if you're planning your musicals and I get it, you know, if you want, if you want a band for your musicals, if you want live music, it's really difficult to get that those musicians, especially if they're students, at any time other than January, I totally get it. But if you are looking for, you know, your calendar planning, just try. Uh, I don't think anything's official yet. Everybody knows we'll be back at Rockwall next year. But it, if I were to be a betting man, I would say that it's probably going to be similar weekend, a very similar weekend. So uh, if you can, try your best to be at T-Tech next year. Every person you talk to at T-Tech including most of the vendors, uh, had a phenomenal time. Um, and it's just a different environment. It's a lot of fun. And I hope to see you there next year. And if you were there, what I'd love to hear, uh, is some feedback on what you, what, what workshops worked best, uh, and what you liked about them. That is not a guarantee that we're going to have those same artists back. We're trying really hard not to have repeat presenters i know we you know there are there were some but they're not a lot uh so if you liked a certain something we can bring somebody else in with a perspective and i'm only saying this um uh just because it's fresh in my mind but we had michael song michael song did a a workshop on 3d printing great workshop um great feedback from that he showed us some of some of the stuff that he had made but he's not the only one that does 3d printing right not to say that we wouldn't want to have him back but we could have 
somebody, again, somebody I know, Mel Edwards, we could have Mel Edwards come in and teach 3D printing. They're different perspectives. We don't do the same things, right? So anyway, that's that. Uh, football's on, so I'm going to wrap this up. But I want you guys to uh, really enjoy Kayla Stewart. Um, she's just a phenomenal human. You know, I, I've uh, been able to sort of uh, bits and pieces get to know her at different teaching events, and I finally was able to get her on the record uh, on the podcast on Minor Wisdom, and uh, I know you're going to enjoy this interview, so uh, please uh, stay tuned. I'm also going to add a little something special because I thought about, you know, I need to I need to do some changes, you know, not just to T-Tech, but to my podcast, so podcast, so um, I'm going to do that, so you'll, you'll kind of get that in just a minute, but uh, enjoy this with Kayla Stewart, buy a shirt, friend me on Facebook, do all those good things. All right. Bye. I want to say I'm very excited to be on here. Um, this is a great opportunity. So thank you for having me on. Um, so I started my theater journey, like most people in middle school and high school. Um, I was heavily involved in my high school theater department and, um, I wanted to pursue acting and 17 year old Kayla got denied. And so I switched my major to pre-pharmacy and I went to the University of Mary Hardin Baylor and about a semester in, I decided, um, what am I doing? This is not what God wants me to do. Um, I think I want to teach. And I called my mom and she was like, oh my, you're not going to make any money. And she was, um, not happy with that decision at first. Um, and so it was sort of weird as I was like into the semester, um, and I wanted to change my major. Mary Harden Baylor does not have a theater program. Um, so I decided to stay there and I switched my major to communication with a minor in education. Um, and I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason and things fall in place for a reason. And so I did my student teaching when it was time to do my student teaching. Um, they placed me at Temple High School. And I really knew nothing about the program. Um, I knew nothing about the directors, so I kind of went in blind. Um, so I was 21, and I walked into Natasha Tollison's classroom and immediately fell in love. And that was when I knew Temple, Temple is going to be my home forever, and this is something that I really want. So I did my student teaching in the fall and I graduated in December and Natasha was like, um, so what are your plans after? And I, I said, I think I'm going to take a semester off. And she told me that was a stupid idea. So I, um, the only thing open, you know, in January that I could find was a middle school in Dallas. And I did that for a semester and her assistant position came back open. Um, and so I applied for that and I came back to Temple. So I was only in Dallas for like four months uh, and then came back to Temple and I've been there ever since. This is um, my, I start my eighth year of teaching in January. Wow. Uh, and I just uh, graduated with my master's um, yep. two days ago <laughs> from the University of Houston. And I decided to go back uh, and pursue that actually like right when COVID happened, um, I had applied. And so that journey was sort of crazy. Um, and I am just my first year as the head director at Temple High School. So it's been a, it's been a great journey. So you, you and I would have been on the same, we would have not been in the same program exactly, but I was going to go back and do the, a PhD at UH at the same exact time. But 
you stuck through and I did not. <laughs> so, uh, because of the COVID stuff. Uh, yeah. So how was that a challenge to you for this? Cause I know the master's program was a, a summer, you know, three summer program. Um, mm-hmm. how was that a challenge to you? Because I know that there were some online elements that weren't initially meant to be online and things like that. So what, what kind of adjustments did you have to make? Well, our cohort is um, very unique in the fact that we started completely virtual. So our whole first year was virtual. Um, the next summer was in-person and virtual. So we did our in-person that summer. And then we did our um, like virtual internship with uh, the Lincoln Center. And then this past summer was completely in-person. And so we did. So it was I mean, it was like different every summer. We just sort of didn't know what to expect and we had to go with the flow. And um, Jessica is just so incredible in guiding us through that process. Yeah. And congratulations, by the way, I should have, I should have led with that (laughs) (laughs) because I I saw the, I saw the social media because you were in there with uh, Tynesha and Joy and yeah. And so I saw all those, my, my timeline was riddled with uh, graduation announcements and pictures and, and cool stuff like that. So congrats for you. Uh, Thank you. Walking into Temple right out of high school, did you know, or not out of high school, out of out of college, uh, did you know uh, who Natasha was? I did not. Yeah. Um, I really... Or is. I should say uh, is. I should say is for the record. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Um, no, I didn't. I really, I didn't know much about her or the program. Yeah. Um, and so walking in, I really had no idea what to expect. Um, and I found out very quickly the level that she operated at. And that was something that to me was so intriguing. And I knew like, I want to be a part of this department. And I saw the way that she ran things and how successful they were and how invested the kids were. And I feel like I just knew this is a place where I want to be. And this is a challenge, you know, that I I want to take on. And I, you know, I didn't have any experience. Um, My undergrad wasn't even in theater. So walking into that program and then, you know, as a student teacher and then coming back to to work for her was um, really just a learning experience because I didn't know anything. You know, I was I was 22 years old when I first started and and I didn't know anything. Right. How how is it for you? So I've got and 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 we can um, I don't want to get into uh, necessarily a darker side of things at any point during this. But, um, you know, I have, I have deceased parents and, uh, they weren't around long enough to understand exactly what, uh, I do. Right. Um, but your, your mother's still around and have, has she, have you been able to, and that sounded very cold and dark and I apologize, but, um, has, have you been able, has she been able to learn with you what it is that your job entails and like what theater is and stuff? Because my, my parents didn't have theater background and you yourself said, you know, when I told my mom, I wanted to go teach, teach this, you know, has she now it's eight years later, you went and got a master's in the thing. So obviously it's something you enjoy and, and have kind of, uh, uh, fallen into and in, in, in love has she kind of also been along this journey of getting educated in the world of theater and education 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, my mother is incredible. She is my biggest supporter. Yeah. And I, you know, I did theater in high school. And so she saw that world. But then when I stepped into this, um, you know, it's like the amount of hours that we yeah. put in and the amount of work that we put in uh, was all sort of brand new to her. And, you know, she would call me at 10 at night and I'm still at the school. And so, she, you know, yeah. she's having to learn with me, um, you know, what this job and this role entails. Um, and I'd like to touch on my father, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah please. I, I just... I, I never know because I deal with things a lot more unique and kind of disturbing like my sister and I. So I never know where somebody wants to go. Please. I, I would love it. No, I I would. And I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I listened to your episode um, with Jessica. Yeah. And we have a, Jessica and I have a very similar story. Um, and I, I just feel like my father's passing and it's it hasn't even been six months yet. Um, but that is such an integral part of my story and something that I feel like I need to share and I would like to share. Um, so he, he got a liver transplant in March and that whole process was just uh, sort of crazy. And we didn't really know, you know, what we were getting into. Um, but was, what was so special about it was through the whole process um, Natasha and all of the students were just so involved in what was going on in my life and so supportive. And anytime I needed to leave, you know, this was during one act season. So I had to, I had to leave. I was back and forth between Fort Worth. I took like four weeks off of work consecutively. Like it was just sort of crazy. Um, and then of course I found out that I would be taking over the program in May. He was still in the hospital. And, um, about a week before I was supposed to go to Houston to finish my last summer of grad school, um, my mom called me and said he was going on hospice. And so I packed up, went back to Brownwood, which is where I'm from. And I called Jessica and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, can I do it virtually? Do I, I, I don't know what to do. Um, and she was just so incredible and supportive through that whole process. Um, because she could have said, you can come back next summer and finish it, but she didn't. And we made it work and we had, you know, had to figure it out. Um, so I was uh, virtual for the first part of it. Um, I was on zoom and then, um, my father passed at the end of June and I was, back in Houston to finish out, uh, about a week after he passed. So, you know, it was, it was sort of a, a journey and, and there was times where I, I didn't know, you know, maybe I should just wait and come back next summer. But for, for my dad and my mom, my education has always been so important to them. And they've been so supportive that I felt like I need to go back and do this for myself and also for him. Um, and it was not easy, you know, going back to Houston and having to come back to class and nine to six every day and doing homework. And, you know, it, it wasn't easy, uh, but everyone at university of Houston is just so incredible and so supportive. Um, and they really, I, I don't think that I would be where I am without Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I thank you for that. <clears throat> um, yeah, you know, uh, I, we don't need to compare notes or anything, but my my mother was in hospice, and I tell people, uh, 
I will tell them until I'm gone that hospice is such a a beautiful it sounds so morbid but it's such a for me it was such a beautiful experience because it's like you know why you're there <laughs> and I'm kind of tearing yeah. up I apologize but uh you no. know you know you know why you're there uh you know what the goal is you know what the end game is and but there's no sudden element to it it's it's everybody's there it's peaceful uh it's cre- it's an environment created for comfort um and so i i i'm glad that you know personally speaking i'm glad that you got to do that and it wasn't uh, a sudden thing and um you know so anyway we can yeah. <laughs> we can continue. no i i am too i'm too and yeah i think that um you know this is this is important for me yeah. to share um you know there was a time after he passed that i didn't know if i could go back right I didn't know. I really genuinely thought I can't go back and be the director that my kids need me to be. And in that moment, like I was hurting so bad and I, you know, this, I had just gotten the job as the head director and it was my dream role. And I was so excited, but I was like, you know, how do you go back and two months later and, and be the person that your students need you to be. And I really struggled with that. And then, you know, I'm like, I have to go back. And I have to do this and I'm going to do it. And I think it, it really put into perspective why I do what I do. Yeah. And I do, I do it for them. You know, you do it for the kids and they knew, you know, the situation, they knew what was going on. Um, but coming back this fall after, after my dad had passed, you know, I, it was scary and it shouldn't have been because they love me so much and they're, you know, they're just great. And I think one thing that I've really taken away from this is how important it is to be honest with your kids. Um, We're human beings. And I think, you know, sometimes they forget that and being open and like vulnerable with your story, I think is, is just so important, you know, for, and for anyone listening, I think they would agree. Like as educators, we've got to be honest. And when I was honest with like, I'm, I'm not okay today, or I'm feeling really anxious today. They were like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, are you okay? Like they were fine. And, and being honest has really, I think helped me improve as an educator, as well as, you know, stepping into this role as a head director. Right. Well, good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I hope that resonates with people. So, uh, now the, the job you have, you know, it's no secret that what, your predecessor did was massive um and sometimes uh questionable to a lot of directors that she was competing against but <laughs> but um the this the, i guess the the secret out there or maybe it's not a secret but i remember philip taylor saying to me once you know temple high school uh doesn't have the money that natasha makes it look like they have and so uh for you you know, rolling into that environment and whether you're at Temple, you could be at Timbuktu, it doesn't matter what school you're at. Um, what have you been able to kind of do to make sure that you are continuing that, not necessarily continuing the exact legacy, but continuing that legacy and success and all that, but also carving out your own, you know, here's here's what Kayla's going to do kind of thing. What, what have you been able to do to do that? Um. You know, stepping into this role was not easy. And I think everyone knew it was going to be challenging. And 
at times I often feel like everyone's eyes are on me and everyone's, you know, watching to see what Kayla will do with, with Temple. Um, and so the dynamic of trying to find like the balance of, you know, I need to do things a certain way and continue the traditions that we have, but also I'm my own person. Um, and so many people have said, this is like a common phrase, um, you know, those are such big shoes to fill. And my answer is always like, I have my own shoes and I'm my own person and I'm not trying to fill anyone else's shoes or anyone else's role. And, um, you know, Natasha and I have such a special relationship. Uh, I spent more time with her than I did my own family for seven years, you know? Um, and so this transition has really been perfect. Um, the kids have just wholeheartedly bought into it and have followed me and have trusted everything that I've said or done. Um, Natasha's still there. I mean, she's, you know, right down the street at Temple Civic Theater. And so she's still around. She still comes to see everything that we do and is still really supportive of us. Um, so we started our season with hairspray and, um, I decided to do that when I got the job in May. And so I made the decision to do hairspray and Natasha had done hairspray, um, maybe over 10 years ago. And, you know, I started to think, what can I do different, right? Like what, how can I show the community that Kayla is different? And this is Kayla's program now. Um, and so I tried to do things a little different. Um, I, I didn't, my goal was never to come in and just completely change everything because the kids need that that stability. Um, but for hairspray, um, we used a live orchestra and we brought in, um, I, I really wanted to make it a collaboration with all of the fine arts in our school. And we have an incredible fine arts department at Temple High School and we all just get along so well. And so I did a live orchestra and we haven't done a live orchestra at Temple High School in probably 20 years. And that was something that was really important to me was sort of to get everybody on board. Um, so we had the orchestra orchestra director, we had band students, orchestra students, we brought in kittens from our dance team. Um, all of the choir kids were in it. So it was like this huge collaboration of fine arts all coming together to make this piece of beautiful art. And I think the community really appreciated that. And I think that was, uh, I think now it was a smart move on my part to sort of you know, show that, that there are differences now. Um, and I think Hairspray was extremely successful and the community loved it. So, you know, it's, it's finding those, those little things that you can sort of change things up and, and show that you are your own person. So something I'm going to do from now on, and maybe uh, it'll last forever, but is a minor minute. It's going to be a tech theater history or tech theater tips or tech theater, just anything that will help you as the educator and be a little bit of an education for you. And this week, I'm going to start with something that I know, which is DMX and lighting. Did you know that DMX started in the 80s as a universal way to signal lighting and fog machines and different things like that? Because at that point, all companies had their own proprietary uh, way of signaling communication from board to light. And so now we have this five or three pin. DMX is really five pin, but there are three pin ways to do it. Not XLR, not microphone cables, but three pin DMX, if you will, uh, that can signal from the light board to any sort of smart fixture, right? Or a fog machine. 
What you really need to know is that you can't interrupt the signal because DMX sends 44 hits, 44 uh, beats, I guess, if you will, per second to the light. So it keeps constant communication. So if you ever interrupt that, or if you ever have your lights glitching, check the connection. So I just, I don't have a crack research team by any means, but when you just said we brought in kittens from our dance team, you know, immediately someone doesn't think of that's the name of the dance team. <laughs> so I just looked it up. That is, in fact, uh, yeah, the kitten leader, kitten dance team. Okay. Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at, okay, so it's not just uh, cats. Like, it's it's no. <laughs> dancing there cats. There were no live cats in Christmas. <laughs> I was like, man. That that's your stamp is you're just you're just completely changing musicals and adding animals into it. so okay well nice um, so I've got to ask you about and I know this isn't a video uh, podcast at all but there are two things that that have caught my eye uh, one we started off I started off asking but it was a little uh, again you're small on my screen but what is the significance to you of Frida Kahlo. Um, so I took four years of Spanish through high school, and then I took two years of Spanish in college. And in high school, I did a huge like AP research project over Frida Kahlo. And she's always just like really stuck with me and her personality and her individuality. And so I've always just loved her art. And I bought that huge yeah. piece of art right yeah. there. That's my, my centerpiece, but I, I love her. Um, I always have. What is the stuff around? Like, is that stuff associated with her or is that just other art pieces it's very pretty uh, yeah there are random there's just different art pieces um these two pictures right here of yeah. the elephant and this temple those were from my trip to thailand oh. and i actually went to thailand with just me and my dad oh. um so those those are really important to me and um there's this i got from my trip to Italy. You, you should be a uh, weather girl. You're very good at pointing to like, <laughs> like you really, you pointed you. right at it. <laughs> um, this is yeah another piece of artwork. And this was a portrait of my grandma. Okay. So All we right, got yeah. a good, good mixture going yeah. on. Okay. It's a nice little setting. And then the other thing that caught my eye is in your hair. You have a pencil in your hair, right? Is that a pencil? This oh. is a hair stick. And oh, it's it a hair two. stick. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, so this idiot. hairstyle of my slicked back bun with the hair <laughs> stick has sort of become my signature now. Okay. Um, and one, because it's just easy, you know, to yeah. throw up in the morning and two, the kids just love it and they always comment on it. So that has, um, I do my hair like this very frequently. It's not as interesting as, uh, I thought it was a pencil and I was going to ask, why do you constantly keep a pencil with you? But it, from here, it just looked like a pencil. Now I feel like some, uh, you know, typical man, you know, <laughs> well, now you know, yeah, thank you. I don't have a signature hairstyle. Uh, I don't put my hair up in a bun. I can't say I ever have. So, uh, I don't know, uh, the part where the bun should be is actually missing right now. So that's, <laughs> that's my problem. Um, okay. So you grew up doing high school theater. Um, how, what, level a what level did your was your high school competing at so i'm from brownwood okay. and i went to brownwood high school um, my director was larry mathis oh who is retired and um he really instilled that love of theater in me i, I was always theatrical i've always been you know a performer um but being in that department i think 
just instilled a love and a passion that I just couldn't get away from. Even when I tried and switched my major to pre-pharmacy, I, I couldn't get away from it. And so I really owe that to him of that, that love. Um, we did compete in one act. We did musicals. We did straight plays. Um, and it was a really, really great place to be. And my younger brother, who is 16 right now, is also in that department. So that's been really fun to go back to Brownwood and, and watch him be in productions and see him at Texas Thespians. And right. that's been really special that we're both we've both gone through that program. Does he, so seeing him at Texas Thespians, is that like how does that work for him to be like, there's my sister and, you know, no, no offense to you, Kayla, but you don't look exactly uh, your age. You look much younger. Do they think that you're a student or do they think you're a teacher? Or do you know, like who, who do his friends think you are? Well, I think most of them were like, who is this woman you're talking to? <laughs> um, and then he said, that's my sister. And thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. I still look youthful. Yeah. Um, and I turned 29 this year. So grandma, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I saw him and he's, he's so funny because he's not like shy at all. Like he loves to come up to me and hang out with me. And I'm like, I guess his cool older sister. Yeah. So then all of his friends were like, Oh my goodness, you're at temple. And a lot of them knew temple's reputation, um, and had seen things and seen things through one act. Um, and so a lot of them knew, knew the program, uh, before I even really introduced myself. That's good. What what are you like excited to see him go do? Like, what is it that like? Not that I don't want you to plan out his his hopes and dreams, but like, what is is there something that you're kind of like excited that he doesn't know is coming, but you know is like kind of around the corner for him? I it's been interesting because we're like complete opposite, <laughs> and he has always been really reserved and shy, and I have never been that way. And so when he initially joined theater, because I pressured him into it, um, it's so beautiful to watch him start to open up and start to perform on stage. And he has an amazing voice and he's always been in choir, but he had never been in a show before. Um, but his, his, he's not going to pursue theater. Um, his goal is to go into the medical field. And I think that that was really became a goal for him, like through the process of being in hospitals with my dad and seeing the good that he could do. And so I think that's sort of where that came from. That's good. That's commendable. I was, I was about to say he doesn't know that he's going to go in theater, but you, you just said yourself, you were about to go to uh, pharmacy school. So, you know, yeah. and here you are now, I, I don't have a pharmacy podcast. Um, I'm sure it exists, but <laughs> it's not, not my cup of tea. What what I'd is rather be on this one? Yeah, right. The pharmacy one is killing it right now. Just all <laughs> kinds of talk about drugs. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't, what what is it about Brownwood that is uh, like? I don't know much about Brownwood. Um, it's kind of stuck in the middle of lots of other places. But uh, what is what is a fun fact about Brownwood, Texas? I see wow. there's a museum. I don't, yeah. There, there is. Yeah. Um, Brownwood is such a, it just gives you such a hometown feeling. Yeah. And just because I pretty much grew up there, but just, you know, there's something special about Brownwood to me. And it's such a beautiful community of people. Um, and they have a community theater there. It's called The Lyric. And I have been asked to direct their summer 
camps there this summer. So I'm going to spend some time in Brownwood and uh, work at the Lyric this summer. Is it, is it a, is it one of those like German founded area? Like, is it, what's the origin of Brownwood? I actually don't know. You know how like, like there's certain parts of the state of Texas or uh, mm-hmm. German settlers or the, the you know, uh, Mexican settlers when, from way back when or things like that. So anyway, yeah, that'd be interesting. Don't know. well, you got to learn something now. Now you get a now you get a goal. Um, what are you most looking forward to down the line in your career? Like, what is it that you, um, you know, I've got goals and things that I want to that I want to reach, and some of them I like to share with people, and some of them I don't because I don't want to hear laughter. Um, but what are what are some goals that you particularly have that that are kind of, you know, that five, ten, fifteen year plan for you? So. Recently, when I went, I went and got my master's for a a couple different reasons. The first one was that I just wanted to be a better educator. I wanted to, because my undergrad is not in theater. And so I really wanted to go back and learn as much as possible so I could be the best director and educator for my students. Um, The second was that I really, I would love ultimately to teach at the collegiate level and teach theater educators in Texas, because I think that it's so important. And there's so many young theater educators that really don't have the resources. They don't have mentors, you know, they're at a school and they're all by themselves. And I think, you know, to be that person that was a mentor to young theater educators and to teach theater educators, I think that that would, that is my ultimate goal would be to do something like that because I've been helped by so many of the veteran directors in the state um, that I would love to be that person eventually for, for younger directors. That's good. You, you don't sound like you're from Texas. Um, Have you ever been told that before? Yes, I have. So where is it? Because I, oh, so you're not from Texas. No, I'm not. So where where do you where does you where does your voice come from? Where does your uh, accent or lack of accent come from? Um, well, I was born in Detroit. Okay. And uh, we lived there for several years before we moved to Texas. Um, my dad, my mom was from Michigan, and my dad was from Texas. And uh, so we moved to Texas when I was younger. Um, but I guess I've just never really. Got that accent, yeah. What part of Michigan? Detroit. Oh, you said that. You said that, Detroit. Yeah. Um, my brain just immediately, I don't know why, just canceled that fact out. But so do you ever get back up to Michigan? Um, we haven't been in a while. We okay. took a trip uh, maybe five years ago, and that's the last time we've been. Okay. Okay. But most of my family has migrated now to Texas. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, they've all sense. sort of moved down this way. <laughs> It's, it's not as cold. Uh, yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Cause yeah, you don't sound exactly, you, you sound, I don't know if this is a thing, you sound more neutral. You just, you know, uh, it's kind of like the thing of, um, like broadcasters, they don't want, you don't want your newscaster to sound like they're from your town. You want them to sound like they're from Amer- like just an American voice. Uh, so that's, so I've been told, uh, has has the world of theater uh, changed you in a way that you did not necessarily expect, or have you been able to sort of reflect back on your experiences in theater and realize, oh, 
I do this because of theater. And the reason I ask that, this is, I'll give you how my brain works. The accent talk, I can tell you why I don't have an accent because of my time spent being trained as a voice actor in theater. Uh, I, I can, I can get rid of the Texas if I need to. Um, you know, so that's why, that's why I'm asking because my, my brain went to that question because of that. Uh, that's the, the spider web that is my brain. So is, you can answer now and I'll shut up. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of things have changed me from theater. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, I I think, this recent experience has really opened my eyes to why I do what I do. I mean, I've always loved teaching. It's always been my passion. Um, I love my kids, but it forced me to realize why, why do I do theater? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I spending these crazy hours? And it's, it's because of my, my kids and I have the best students in the whole world. Um, and I have really just done everything for them. And I think that the theater, I tried to, the theater is a place where you can teach life lessons. And that's not common of most subjects in school. Uh, And so I I feel a duty to teach my, my students life lessons. And the theater does that. And so I've sort of, because of the theater, you know, changed my philosophy on things, um, that I do in the the way that I teach, because there are things that I want them to know and things I want them to learn that necessarily don't have anything to do with theater. (laughs) Are there, uh, I kind of have a little bit of a personal mantra of, uh, work to your strengths, but improve your weaknesses. Are there, what are, what are the weaknesses that you kind of want to, or would want to focus on of like making sure that you improve those over time? Cause I feel like you would probably have that same mantra. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess I would say, you know, the, the first seven years that I spent with Natasha, I was the assistant and, you know, I did a little directing here and there, but I never directed any, you know, any musicals, anything big. I was always the assistant and I was forced to really learn the technical side of things. I think when I first started, I maybe knew how to turn the light board on and hang a light. And that was about it. Um, and I re- vividly remember her telling me there is nothing you can't teach yourself. And that is really stuck with me. Um, there, there's not, there's nothing you can't teach yourself. And so I taught myself, you know, how to work the light board, how to run intelligent lighting, how to, you know, do all of these things. Job or bad job. If nobody knows what a good job or bad job looks like, <laughs> you know, I, I can understand, and I don't have to deal with this now. I can understand the, the pressure of one act play, because yes, you do have trained eyes looking at that thing and uh, kind of their, their job is to pick it apart. But uh, for all the like on-campus stuff, it's like, meh, you know, just do what you do, learn learn from it and, and move on. Is there a, is there a particular uh, show or shows that you would love to uh, try to produce over your time at Temple that uh, you can speak about? Cause I know how sometimes kids get sensitive about oh, Miss Stewart said that we're going to do this show. And, and, you know, so I don't, I don't necessarily want you to like reveal any secrets of, uh, where your mind's at and where seasons might go, but are there shows that you just kind of just getting a feel of what, 
your flavor of of theater might be for you uh what are some of those things you're looking forward to well i have to say temple is one of the reasons i love temple is because of the diversity um we're a really diverse campus which is obviously why we could do hairspray um my and this is no secret all of my students know this my favorite musical is memphis and i would absolutely love to do that and we just sort of have to have the right kids. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, in the near future, but that is definitely something I could see us having the right kids for because of our diverse nature at Temple High School. So that is something that was like my dream show to direct that I would love to produce. I would also love, and I think maybe this is what we're starting with in the fall next year, uh, is Metamorphosis. And I've already talked to my tech director and he's started to do some research on that. So that, that possibly could be in the works. Do you know if they've ever done that at Temple or at least Natasha ever did it? No, they haven't. It's a, I mean, like, that's just such a scary show. (laughs) Not, not in tech, tech world. It's not the content of the show. I'm talking about the, the, the idea of a pool. Um, You know, it's been done a lot and I've wanted to do it. We, you know, we pitched it for one act play one year um, oh, okay. uh, to do metamorphosis and gave them both options of we know how we could do the pool and we know how we could do it to look like a pool, but not actually be water, you know, on stage because there is a rule about that stuff. But anyway, good luck. Have fun. It's a great show. It's a, It really is a great show. And if you can pull it off, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely one of the prettiest things you could do. But yeah, good for you. Yeah. I've told I've I've introduced the idea to my tech director, um, yeah. whose name is Andy Reed, and he this is his first year with me, and he's just incredible too. Yeah. Um, and so he started researching, you know, how that would happen, and I mentioned it to my fine arts director, who was not particularly excited that I was going to build a pool on stage, <laughs> yeah. but she gave me permission because she's great. So. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean it. There are some uh, there there's some uh, hesitation to all that. Uh, so as, a as somebody that, um, is carving out their own path along the way, uh, what, what is it that's most difficult for you, um, to make sure that, you know, again, this goes back to a little bit what I asked earlier about, about, uh, the, the Kayla stamp, I guess, if you will, the, the, your, your unique, uh, perspective, but what is it that you, um, are looking forward to in the future to kind of make yours and that 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 you make sure that this is uh kind of your legacy if you will and as a 29 year old you know talking about legacy I get it it's kind of a little early but uh, if you were to if you 40 years from now you look back and you're like what do you want your legacy to look like I you know in creating a legacy. And it's definitely something I've thought about because if, if I'm going to be here for the next, however long at Temple, I I hope to, to create a legacy. Um, I want people to look back on that and think, you know, she, she is someone who would do anything for her students. She is someone that pushes them, that strives for excellence. Um, I will have a state title for one act. Um, I'm speaking it into existence now. So you heard it first here. Uh, Kayla Stewart will have a state title. Good. Um, But, you know, one act, one act is not everything. It's not the end all be all. So I think there are other things that 
is important in creating a legacy. And I think that's, you know, helping others and being a connection for other teachers in the state, because that's what's most important is, is being available to help others. And I think that's important to me because so many people have helped me. And I think when people look back on me, I want them to say, you know, she was always willing to help anyone. She was, she was always there to do things um, for other directors. And, you know, that's, I guess, sort of like what I want people to see me as. That's good. Sorry. My mind drifted because, uh, and well, we'll talk about this off air in a second, but I, I had a thought and then I was like, oh, I need to talk to Kayla about this, but we'll talk in a second. So I'm going to get you out of here on this. Um, you know, you, you've had uh, a unique past few months, a unique start to the school year. Uh, you have not had much of a quote normal school year for the past few years because with COVID, uh, and your father passing and things like that, you, you really haven't had that normal first day, right? Um, so all of that in mind, being that you've persevered thus far through all of this stuff, you've talked heavily about helping first-year teachers or helping young teachers and, and mentoring. What is it that you would, through all these things, what is it that you would kind of offer up to say uh, so some bit of advice to these teachers? And you're still... I, I don't know if, you, you know, you're a veteran now, you're still a young person, uh, but you're a veteran in the field, you're a veteran as a as an educator and a theater person, but you've also had such unique starts, such unique beginnings to each year the past, what, three years or so. Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of advice would you offer up to these younger teachers, these, you know, these teachers that are starting out, these teachers coming from the University of Houston that are in the theater education program and uh, Texas State and such, and Sam, what kind of advice would you give to them? My biggest piece of advice would be what Natasha told me when I was starting out. There is nothing you can't teach yourself. If you don't know the answer to something, look it up. If your students ask you something and you don't know, you be honest with them and tell them, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, but we're going to figure it out together. There were so many times that I had to do that. You can't fool kids. Like they know when you're not telling the truth. So be honest and teach yourself and continue to educate yourself. Um, Continue to grow in your craft, in your field, and just keep, keep pushing yourself to be better every single year, every single summer, you know, do, do the research, keep reading. I think, you know, we, we get busy and we don't read as much as we should. And especially this year, I've really tried to carve out time every week to sit down and read new plays and try to find new works that I'm, that I'm excited about. Um, But at the end of the day, there's, there's nothing you can't do. You just, you have to teach yourself and you have to put yourself out there um, to make those connections with people and, and to find help where you can. Minor wisdom.